0: Welcome to Coffee and Change, a podcast where we talk about change in our lives, our work, and our world, and how we're managing it. This is a unique session recorded in Lviv, Ukraine. During my visit to Ukraine, I met with officials and volunteers from the United States Peace Corps in Ukraine. Peace Corps volunteers are American citizens serving around the world, providing health, education, and community development programs to over 60 host countries. The Peace Corps has been serving in Ukraine since 1992. In today's podcast, I talk with Roman Alexenko, project manager and lead specialist for the Economic and Community Development Program in Ukraine. Roman is a Ukrainian citizen who works for the U.S. Peace Corps. He discusses not only the changes underway in his homeland, but also how those changes impact the Peace Corps as an organization carrying out its mission in Ukraine. So why don't you start off just by introducing yourself and telling us what you do.
1: Sure. Um, My name is Roman Oleksenko. I'm the project manager with the Peace Corps in Ukraine. Um, I'm responsible for the community development project, or you can refer to it as a community economic development project, um, which is one of the three projects that Ukraine has for American volunteers in Ukraine. Okay.
0: And the other two are... Teaching English as a foreign language um, and the youth development. Okay. And for those listeners that don't know a lot about Peace Corps or community economic development, what would that be? What would that look like on a day-to-day in your job?
1: Uh, It's Well, I consider the community economic development project to be the toughest project that Peace Corps Ukraine has. Okay. Because um, when it comes to the type of organizations or host organizations that can host a volunteer, Mm -hmm. it's basically – Cats and dogs. You okay. know, we work with uh, non-governmental organizations or non-profit organizations, but we also work with government agencies. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, town councils, city councils, um, uh, employment centers, um, various other uh, government agencies, as long as, as they're not um, the business mm-hmm. or pro- for-profit organization. Or or a political party or political project, right. you know, or like a very hardcore religious organization. Uh, because as you know, the Peace Corps is not a political, non-religious organization. Right. Um, and the idea is to basically help those who are interested in hosting a community development volunteer to um, focus um, on the citizen participation and service learning. Basically, you know, wake the community up, you know. Okay. the uh, volunteer in this, in this role Uh, helps promote the cross-sector dialogue, Mm -hmm. helps the youth connect with the government or the government connect with the business, and basically help them establish some sort of a dialogue to make their community a better community. Uh, That's the first goal of the Peace Corps uh, Community Development Project. The second goal focuses on organizational development, Mm -hmm. and here the volunteers help the organizations that host them You know, basically improve strategic planning, project design and management, find partners and investors, and improve fundraising practices. And the third goal is economic opportunities, basically, you know... Connecting business with the government, uh, uh, boosting boosting social entrepreneurship, uh, helping businesses become more socially responsible, things like that. Okay. I don't know if I answered your yeah, question.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That spells it out perfectly. In fact, the organizational development part is quite familiar to me because as you described that, the strategic planning, the project management, yeah, yeah. the managing of budgets and partnerships. Absolutely.
1: And you know, any organization, regardless whether it's a, an NGO or the government agency, can benefit from this goal sure. of the Peace Corps because they all... Can improve. Everyone you know, can use help. Yeah, in exactly, that space, it's
0: right? a never-ending process. Here. Yeah, a lot of my clients need help in that space, and that's what we do mm-hmm. as well. Um, how did you find out about Peace Corps?
1: Um, I think I was born into Peace Corps. Actually, because <laughs> okay. I was um, I was a high school graduate, a high school student, and uh, it was 1992. Yeah, when a Peace Corps volunteer came into my town, okay. and I'm from a very industrial uh, town in south central Ukraine. That's how I learned about Peace Corps for the first time. And then when I moved to a different city, um, went to college, and that's when I started meeting a lot of volunteers. Okay. Part, of the reasons is, part of the reason is that because the, the Peace Corps had a training hub in that particular city. So that. I, I ended up running into a lot of Americans, and I wanted to improve my English naturally mm-hmm. through Americans. And that's when I got my first part-time job when I was a, a senior student in college, and then a few years later, I was hired as a language trainer. Well, I applied and then I passed. Um, so I, I spent two years working for the Peace Corps um, as a language trainer. Mm-hmm. Um, and then a few years later, uh, I rejoined the Peace Corps um, in a different role and different capacity okay. uh, as a regional manager. And now I'm working as a um, as a project manager or lead specialist for okay. the community development project. So i you know I've met quite a few volunteers from the early '90s. Um, throughout the th- 2000s. Yeah. And, and, and I actually, I enjoy uh, doing what I'm doing. Yeah. You
0: know? How much has Peace Corps changed um, since that time that when you first saw it, I think, as, a, uh, as an observer mm-hmm. in your town and then got involved in mm-hmm. your town all the way to today?
1: Mm-hmm. Well, I think. Well, uh, first of all, uh, back in the '90s, uh, all of the Americans or foreigners, for that matter, yeah. were perceived as you know um, semi-gods in a way. You know, okay. especially <laughs> Americans. You know, like people worshipped Americans at the time. You know, um, and so naturally, a lot of people gravitated towards Americans. Um, uh, they were viewed as basically the money bags, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, um, but a lot of people, to a lot of people, including myself, it was basically a window to. The world, right? And, and as I was growing up, I was I was naturally interested in in the American history, the music. And yeah. To me, that was the, the final chance to actually use the first hand kind of uh, uh, expert. Sure. Um, um, and when it comes to the Peace Corps, uh, I think at the time, and again, I'm speaking from my experience as a student who was not really employed by the Peace Corps.
0: Right.
1: So to me. Uh, it seems like volunteers at the time had a lot more freedom mm-hmm. and a lot less structure when it comes to implementing their projects, regardless of the uh, of the project mm-hmm. that the Peace Corps had at the time. Um, for instance, uh, the project that I'm currently managing is called the Community Economic Development. Mm-hmm. Back in the day, it was called the Business Development, and okay. one of the reasons was because Ukraine was transitioning from a Soviet, uh, you know, uh, central planning economy into the, the free market economy, and right. so we needed to help, you know, in that kind of area. Um, but a lot of people had a lot. A lot of volunteers had a lot of freedom on their hands. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, they, uh, they, they, they ha- I think at the time they had a diplomatic immunity. They had diplomatic status. I think they, they did as well. Cards, I think right? they did as
0: well. Um, I was living in Poland at the time, and my mom actually was a Peace Corps nurse. Oh, wow. And I think I remember the volunteers at the time um, when I was twelve had had that immunity yeah, yeah
1: I, I, that. I think i think it was uh 1997 or 1998 mm-hmm. when the peace corps decided to switch mm-hmm. not the peace corps but i think it was the Ukrainian government who actually um uh asked sure. the american government to um issue different diplomatic or different status to a peace volunteer and so right. we we transitioned from the blue card mm-hmm. Which is diplomatic immunity yeah. um, to the pin card, yeah. which was still issued by the Ministry of Foreign Affairs, and it, it, you know it, it, it made it easier for the volunteers to work, but it was not as I guess privileged right. as it used to be years ago. Right. And so um, ever since then, I believe the Peace Corps has in- grown mm-hmm. dramatically uh, or significantly. Uh, uh, as of now, as of today, the Peace Corps Ukraine is considered the largest post in the world, so mm-hmm. which means we have the largest number of peace Corps volunteers. I think we're close to three hundred at the moment, okay. like two seventy five i think mm-hmm. uh, and by the end of this year we're gonna um uh, we're gonna be around three forty or three fifty so
0: that naturally requires more structure and we oh, absolutely uh, We've grown you know rigor absolutely <laughs> as you're we're, saying yeah
1: uh I think it's You know, Peace Corps Ukraine has a a very good reputation when it comes to um, other Peace Corps posts in the world. Mm -hmm. And a lot of – we've enjoyed quite a few uh, staff exchanges, you know, where our specialists would travel to other posts Mm -hmm. and train uh, people in other countries. You know, there's still a long way to go, like I mentioned earlier any organization can do better, yeah. and that's what I'm focusing on at the moment as a lead specialist for this project. Okay.
0: And thinking about, um, you had mentioned the change in the early 90s from, uh, for, for Ukraine. Um, and then most recently, as I shared before, I ran into a colleague who said, well, the early 90s when you know, U- Ukraine changed over wasn't necessarily the true change. The true change, as some say, came in 2014. There's been a lot of change in this country. Um, since the '90s, and then especially in the past three years, um, how has that change been for you, from your perspective um, here in Ukraine? Um, well,
1: uh, me personally, I've um, you're talking to a person who's been Americanized. You know, I mm-hmm. have uh, an uh, education; I have a, um, a diploma, like a, a master's degree from mm-hmm. a U.S. university, um, and and there was a time in my life when I when I. Thought I would be actually living in the U.S., okay. you know, but I'm one of the very few Ukrainians who've actually moved back to Ukraine. Okay. Um, and it, it, you know, ever since I did that, I've been going through a lot of um, uh, emotions, I guess, mm-hmm. um, around around my place in Ukraine mm-hmm. and then the changes that Ukraine is going through. Um, I've become more. I guess I've become more patriotic when mm-hmm. it comes to this, um, and I've become more hopeful that Ukraine is moving in the right direction. For Because for many years, things were getting worse, uh, or had been getting worse, in, in my view. Mm-hmm. Um, the last three years, as you rightly mentioned, since 2014, I've seen more change than I had seen um, uh, during the previous year since the independence in 1991. Mm-hmm. And that gives me a lot of hope because I have family, I have two boys, and I, I want for these boys to raise in this country and, and to stay here and right. continue investing in this in, in Ukraine.
0: That's great. I, I definitely picked up, um, having had the opportunity to go between Lviv and Kyiv and back, um, there is no lack of hope in this country. Um, you see it in people's eyes. You, you see it in... Um, the traditions you see it in the customs. Um, what are some things that you know from the changes that you see? You travel the country, you do mm-hmm. site selection. I think that's what it's yeah, that's called. Right. Yeah. Um, you get to see the opportunities. What are some of the changes that you're probably most excited about? And then on the flip side, um, what are some of the most challenging ones?
1: Hmm. Uh, that's a very good question. Um, I see the society change. I see young people change. Um, the civil society component. I mean, it, it's changing big time. Mm-hmm. And that despite of brain brain, brain drain, the ongoing yeah. brain drain. I mean, Ukraine is still going through economic difficulties, political changes and whatnot. A lot of people, a lot of younger people still think of themselves as like living elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, but despite this fact, I see a lot of young, uh, and not just young, but just leaders, people who mm-hmm. try to break away from the Soviet mentality, uh, being dependent on the central government and, mm-hmm. you know, um, um, and blaming the central government for all the difficulties. Blaming that they, the past. Exactly. Blaming yeah. the past and everything. Well, Ukrainians in general complain a lot about okay. all things. It's kind of a cultural trait that we have. Uh, and so you have to take it with a grain of salt. Sure. Uh, I think we complain too much without actually realizing our potential. Mm-hmm. And um, so the change that I have seen uh, besides the infrastructural changes like for years, Ukraine has been notoriously known as a country of bad roads mm-hmm. you know i see the change like i traveled i've been traveling for the past 10 years yeah and it's only during the past couple of years that i've seen that they're actually fixing roads they're right. building brand new roads i see um the public services being improved uh mm-hmm. which is a big thing i mean uh one of the reforms that ukraine is, is pushing heavily is called uh, decentralization mm-hmm which delegates powers from the central level onto the local level, which means uh, the uh, towns and villages have freedom now and and incentives, including financial incentives, to get together, amalgamate themselves, uh, come up with a new territorial unit, which uh, gives them uh, tools, mechanisms to... Uh, raise more money on the local level and keep that money and use that money as the way and spend the money the way they want.
0: Make decisions instead for of themselves, exactly yeah. instead of
1: instead of giving the money into the top and let the central government decide what's Trickle best for them. Down, yeah. Right? Uh, uh, there's no way. There's no way back. You know this yeah. reform is already being implemented and that gives a lot of that because of this prop because of this reform a lot of problems surface all sure. of a sudden. You know. Lack of decision-making depends on the central government, um, uh, lack of vision, Mm -hmm. lack of strategic planning skills. Uh, deciding what's best for their uh, community—they have to make that decision. Exactly, and that comes and, with and, a lot. Of <laughs> they've been deprived of this uh, decision-making ability for yeah. years. Yeah, yeah the, part, of the, part of that is Soviet um, occupation, right. and then before that, it was the Russian Empire yep. occupation, whatever you, whatever you want to call it. But only now, people are trying to realize what kind of potential they have, and, and thinking of the ways to use that power. Um, and that's why I think Peace Corps can be a good way for people to see how it's done in other parts in other of the places, world, right. uh, learn from those experiences, and I think Americans are probably the best, considering the history that you have um, of local self governance, mm-hmm. you know, uh, local decision making, division of power. Uh, I think you're in the right place,
0: and Ukrainians historically have been very friendly towards Americans. Mm-hmm. Um, I imagine it comes with a lot of challenges, like you said. One of them is probably trust, um, because when things were centralized, as you said, if I'm, if I'm Ukrainian and, and for years I said, well, it's not my decision. Somebody else is making a decision in the central government in Kyiv, and they will tell me, and then somebody else will tell them and so forth, and I don't really have to make a decision or trust it. Now that the decisions are being pushed down a little more, uh, a little more to the regions or the villages or the oblast, does it change the trust equation? for Ukrainians
1: it does it certainly does <clears throat> um, uh, again we see a lot of a lot of new leaders coming up mm-hmm. um, uh, people we didn't think existed yeah. um, you uh, couldn't a, see them before. a lot of exactly the new people have I mean the rules have become more clear uh, more clearer yeah um, uh, before there were different type of rules which didn't provide for social rise or for social ladder. I don't know right. what the term is, yeah. but for, for, for people with uh, with motivation but lack of experience to uh, uh, advance in their right. careers. Now there's more opportunity. Sure. Uh, we've seen a lot of people in the in the government of Ukraine, uh, younger people. Uh, for years, that has been the domain of old Soviet type folks, right. you know, with yeah. connections and whatnot. But we see people with ideas who are. Breaking those stereotypes that existed, mm-hmm. we see a lot more people who speak English or foreign languages. Right. Um, we see people with unorthodox approach, unorthodox approaches mm-hmm. to solving problems. Uh, they still have a long way to go. Sure, don't no, get me wrong, but um, but the seeds are planted as a new generation. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Yeah. So that gives me a lot of hope. I, I don't. Want, I don't mean to sidetrack from you answering your question. No, 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 no. Think, uh, yeah, I was just. I
0: mean, in the aspect of the challenges piece. Um, I was just curious about that because, um, with, uh, I think with anything, and you mentioned even in the even as an example in the American, um, you know, history, an example with opportunity comes a lot of challenge, um, and so I was curious from your standpoint. You do get to see many corners of this country, this right. beautiful big, uh, complex country. Mm-hmm. Um, what are some of the challenges that keep you up at night?
1: Hmm. Well, one thing I, I, I'm going to answer, I'm going to continue answering your, your previous question. Sure. I want to say in, uh, in the first place. One thing that I keep hearing, um, regardless of the region of Ukraine, mm-hmm. we should visit, and, and that's basically people use that as a justification for inviting a Peace Corps volunteer or an American. Almost 90% of them use the saying, which I'm trying to translate into English, uh, and I think you have an equivalent, and basically from the, I think it comes from the Bible, they say there's no there's no profit in their own land, mm-hmm. um, which means that Ukrainian Ukrainians would rather trust an outsider, yes. a foreigner, Respect. who comes from a totally different background, who tells them how, how to, to do, do things, it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. instead of the, the, the one of their you know community members. Sure. Um, so that's very common, and that's one of the reasons why they want to volunteer. Yeah. So the, you asked me about the challenges that keep me up at night. Um, well, one of the biggest concerns that I have is. Uh, as I mentioned previously, the brain drain. You know, yeah. I see a lot of young people who've uh, decided to leave Ukraine and never come back, and that's one of the things that I think Peace Corps promotes unintentionally. Mm-hmm. Because when you have uh, a handsome American volunteer with tattoos and and the, the just liberal views or whatever, you know, coming to the Ukrainian community, attracting these young Ukrainians uh, and helps them improve their English right. or um, uh, help them become leaders, or advance their careers. Chances are, what they're going to do with that experience is they're going to grow a pair of wings and fly away and never come back. You know, and that's true for any Peace Corps country. I've talked, I've talked to my colleagues from other parts of the world mm-hmm. where Peace Corps has their presence. That's what's going to, that's what's happening. You know, yeah. um, people are leaving, looking for better economic opportunities. So uh, I guess one of the challenges that I'm dealing with is how to communicate to the volunteers and the Ukrainian community members that you guys, you should focus. It's a time to focus, really focus on on the local economic development. Right. Ukraine has so much more potential that it is underestimated. Uh, people, you know. The, the, what, do you, what do you, the, the grass is always greener on the outside yes, that's yeah. what that's very true when it comes to Ukrainian mentality yeah um, so that's one of the things the other thing that keeps me up at night is uh, and I'm sorry I'm giving you such a long no, answer
0: this is this is this is great
1: uh, because these young people keep leaving and all of the international donor agencies keep keep focusing their uh, efforts on the younger generation mm-hmm. we've f- oftentimes forget about People who are in their 40s, 50s, and 60s and 70s who actually remain in those communities,
0: right? And sometimes I hold them.
1: Exactly, yeah. exactly. We, we we don't we don't really do much to help those people or support them in their decision making process right. or like in their community involvement. Um, and what's, what's the some, something that it in, inspires me about the Americans is um, I've I've traveled all over the United States. I, I live there and I, I go back and forth, and I meet a lot of older Americans. <laughs> Who are retired, uh, but many of them, if not all of them, give back to their communities. Yeah. You know, they, in one way or another, they 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 give back, involved, uh, and yeah. that's something that gives me, I guess, confidence that this is something that can be done in Ukraine as well. And this what's this is a, a project or call it a side project that I'm I'm trying to think about and develop sure. in something bigger and yeah. help American volunteers, including those who are in their forties and sixties and seventies yeah. and eighties, yeah. uh, to do.
0: Which um, I know you have some in the program here, and you exactly, you've got exactly. Some.
1: Quite, quite a few, actually. Yeah. Ukraine, Peace Corps Ukraine is quite popular with uh, with the folks. We call them the senior folks, uh, mm-hmm. uh, and we have work for them as well. Yeah. I mean, we want to benefit from all of those experiences, and they've
0: got tremendous life experiences to, yeah. to bring all that. As absolutely, well, so.
1: absolutely. And then uh, another uh, side project of mine, I call it the UA for UA, Ukrainian Americans for Ukraine. Okay, which. Um, which means that I'm trying to really engage the Ukrainian Americans living in the U.S. Yeah. Um, of all kinds of generations to give back to Ukraine. Sure. You know, they a lot of them that I'm friends with, a lot of them on Facebook, they keep mentioning. You know what's right for ukraine right. and they all be, they all experts you know, and
0: <laughs> you know. everyone's an expert exactly yeah. <laughs> exactly
1: so i what i'm trying to tell them is like look you know here's a real opportunity you know join the peace corps help. yeah come back and contribute you know yeah. you all retired or you know you have kids who've been going to ukrainian saturday schools learning the language but they never really apply like the language fighter. in their real life yeah this is a way for them yeah. to reconnect with their motherland and you know and 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 one of the reasons is a practical one. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of the communities don't have English speakers, right? You know, especially the, the smaller the communities, yeah. the fewer English speakers are. Yeah. And I think if, if a Ukrainian American or an American with Ukrainian background, or you know, with a Russian background, whatever, yeah. if they come back with those language skills, they can find. Uh, uh, common ground faster, and Absolutely. they can initiate the community project. It's been faster.
0: fascinating to watch here in in Lviv. Um, you know, I've I've tried to learn you know uh, Ukrainian quite quickly, mm-hmm. uh, and and it's interesting e, at the opportunity when I use it and they hear the accent. It's very it's fascinating to see how much quickly they want to pr- you know practice their English, mm-hmm. and it makes me very happy. And I can see how happy they are to practice their English. Yeah, yeah. and it's been great. The other thing before before we wrap up, I, I would love to hear from you. So, so um, my company's headquarters is in Chicago, and Chicago has a large Ukrainian, Ukrainian village. Yes, right? Ukrainian village. In fact, one of the conference rooms where I first recorded this podcast was in a conference room called Ukrainian Village mm-hmm. because all of our conference rooms are named after neighborhoods right. um, in the city. So, I would love to hear from you as part of this UA for UA. Um, you know, in Chicago, there's a huge um, community. Um, I don't know if in Seattle there is, but I look forward to going back and trying to trying to find um, if there is because I would love to continue learning my Ukrainian What is something that people can do that might hear this mm-hmm. right listeners might hear what are ways they can connect what are ways they can reach back out for a program like U a for u a mm-hmm.
1: um- thank you for asking that question uh, well uh, first of all I know some people in Chicago in the mm-hmm. Ukrainian village um, and and some of them are actually doing a lot already mm-hmm. uh, a, a lot of people have started doing a lot since the war broke out in the east of yeah. Ukraine you know and they've been trying to raise money um, to buy b- b- vests or like find uh, medical equipment yeah. or whatever which which I'm really appreciative of um, and very thankful um, for um, uh, Besides what I already said, like you know, join the Peace Corps. This is a real opportunity for you to come back and uh, and do some meaningful work here, because uh, there's lots to do. Mm-hmm. People are a lot more receptive to the ideas, and people. This is the need. This time of the need when we actually can. We don't have the time to go slowly. We have yeah. to make a giant leap forward. You know, uh, to catch up with the catch up with the rest of the world, uh, and there there's good ground for that. Um, uh, They should uh, spread the word. They should keep keep talking about what Ukraine is going through. Because Mm -hmm. uh, despite these challenges that we're experiencing, you know, uh, both political, economic, and whatnot, a lot of people in the world, especially a lot of Americans, still don't know. First of all, where Ukraine is. Um, a lot of them say the Ukraine still, right. <laughs> yeah. which is the, which is very wrong. <laughs> yeah, I, know I correct a lot of people um, on
0: that.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh,
0: or I, I correct people now that, that say, oh, you're going to Kiev. And I'm like, no, Kiev. Yeah. Um, and it's hard for me to even because the four years I lived in Russia. Uh, yeah. yeah. I, you know, it was the only time I heard it was through the Russian Russian pronunciation. Yeah, so.
1: well, you know, we can argue about the pronunciation of the, of the capital name, yeah. Kiev, you know, because, you know, you don't say... Uh, you to know, say Chicago, you can say Chicago, right. or like Moscow, Moskva you know, right. There's, you know, but when it comes to uh, the article, the, yes. you know, it's, you know, it's part of it is propaganda mm-hmm. that has been building up for years, mm-hmm. you know, that has been portrayed Ukraine as the territory, not as the, the as the land, yeah, yes. as the outside of the uh, the empire, you know, the outskirts of the right. empire, um, the territory, the, you know, uh, but uh, it's a country, it's the only country of the former soviet union that has the article the used with mm-hmm. you know so there's no there's no sense in, yeah in saying that so you know what i'm trying to say is that they should continue spreading the word about what ukraine is going through because mm-hmm. i think the world should really pay attention to what's happening in this part of the world uh which you know ukraine is the biggest is the largest uh european country mm-hmm. and it's dealing with a lot of present-day challenges you know we're fighting one of the largest armies in in the world that has nuclear weapons. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the country that is waging a hybrid war with Ukraine. Uh, and no other country in the world has had, main, well, not necessarily had that uh, experience. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, bu- I believe that the other countries can actually learn from the Ukrainian experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, another aspect is that... Um, I see and I meet a lot of people with great creative ideas and how to change their lives and how to approach uh, an, an urban urban planning you know, right. process. Once again, because we, we don't have the time to figure it out. Figure it out. Yeah, we have to make a giant leap, and yeah. that requires a lot of new ways yeah. of, of resolving those issues. And I've, I've met quite a few Americans, not necessarily peaceful volunteers, but Americans you know, or foreigners for that matter, who say – wow, we would never have thought that you could resolve this problem using this method, you know. And I think they learn a lot from the experience of Ukrainians. Mm-hmm. And it's about time that we actually learn how to market them mm-hmm. and how to make use of it. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, again, from the political standpoint, this is the this is the pivotal point in Ukrainian history. And the other world can, can learn and finally start to pay attention to what's really happening in this part of the world. And if they do they can address the issues that are happening in their countries, mm-hmm. and they can find solutions solutions faster and more efficiently.
0: Thank you. I really appreciate the time. Absolutely. Thank you for You're this. Welcome. Yeah, You're welcome. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. This yeah. was great. Rahman provided some fascinating insight in our discussion and makes a valid point when he said the challenges facing Ukraine parallel those facing the world today. I want to thank Denny Robertson, Country Director of Peace Corps Ukraine, and Pilar Robledo, Director of Programs and Training in Ukraine, for their assistance. And last but not least, I want to thank all the Peace Corps volunteers in Ukraine and those serving around the world for their dedication to our country and helping make changes. Good changes happen in our world.